Do you dread taking pills knowing that they are always uncomfortable to swallow? Do you have to take pills with yogurt, in food, applesauce, or with excessive water or juice just to get one pill to go down? Or do you avoid eating certain foods such as carrots or chips knowing that they always or often get stuck in your throat or chest? If so, you are like one in 25 people who will report symptoms of difficulty swallowing, also known as dysphagia, in your lifetime. Or you might be one of the one in three people who will report difficulty swallowing pills in their lifetime. But why are pills in food so difficult to swallow? Were we humans really not built to swallow pills or certain other foods? Or is there something else going on? If you know me, you know that I don't take any gut health symptom lying down. Instead, on today's episode, I'm going to share with you all that I've learned in my six years of working with gut health problems. Because guess what? You don't have to be stuck with painful or difficult swallowing. And likely, if you have these symptoms, this one easy solution that I'm going to be sharing with you today will solve not only your swallowing problems, but a myriad of other connected problems. Curious to find out more? Let's jump in. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel more healthy and vibrant than ever by finding the root causes of our health problems. My name is Allison Jordan. I'm a marathon runner, functional medicine, health coach, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and just checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for your entire life. If you are ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Today's episode is a continuation on a conversation we've been having the past few weeks on fascia. And if you haven't, if you're new to the podcast or haven't listened to those podcast episodes yet, they're going to be very complimentary to some of the topics we're going to be covering today, as today might be a little bit of a shorter episode. Um, So I would encourage you to check out episode 90, which is our fascia 101 uh, podcast episode and episode 91, the fascia solution to acid reflux. Reflux. Uh, acid reflux, which you will also find out today, or which I'll at least uh, end up mentioning or approaching, is that is very closely combined with the problem of difficulty swallowing or painful swallowing. So I would highly recommend if you do have problems with acid reflux, really paying attention to this podcast episode and definitely going back and listening to episode 91. And if you have problems with difficulty swallowing, ask yourself, do I also have problems with acid reflux, as well as ask yourself a myriad of other questions that I'm going to be 
giving you today on how you can even self-evaluate your own difficulty swallowing. But to just jump in here, we've been talking about fascia and fascia being this connective tissue that's in the body. It's not muscle. It's not bone. It's not something we can control with our conscious mind. So we're not telling our bicep, you know, the same way we tell our bicep, hey, move, bring my left hand closer to my face. We don't control fascia, yet fascia is everywhere in the body. It connects skin to muscle and muscle to bone and muscle to muscle. And it uh, covers our organs and it helps things move without friction in the body and glide better. Uh, it, it protects our brain. It, it protects and covers pretty much everything. It's in our ears, our nose. And it it is basically, a, you can almost imagine a spider's web connection between everything in our body. It has some elasticity to it. It has some toughness to it with different collagen fibers or elastin fibers. And all of our nerves of our body, all of our uh, vascular network, so our arteries and our veins, everything runs through this. Our lymphatic system runs through fascia. So if our fascia ends up getting twisted and thickened or compressed or adhesed, we're going to have major problems in the body. And that's the gist of what all these podcast episodes are about. And then on top of that, talking a little bit about sometimes we're going to be adding in some anatomical references because... I think people are familiar with, oh, I broke a bone and they have a concept of like, it was my humerus or my femur or something. But people, we don't really talk about fascia that often. So it's other than it being this ambiguous, oh, my fascia has a problem. There's actually different fascial structures that have names. I mean, way more names than even the number of bones and the types of, if you've ever studied anatomy in high school or anything, and you can remember studying bones and muscles, if you thought there was a lot of names and, and you know, things in all of that, there's even more in fascia. And it's fascinating. Um, I had to pull that one, by the way, guys. (laughs) If you're new to the fascia world, that's an old joke. I did not come up with it, but uh, you can use it too now. So fascia, it's one of the reasons it's so important to gut health is it All our fascia surrounds all of our organs and it helps keep them in place. And our fascia ends up creating visceral ligaments. Visceral ligaments, I like to think of as these seatbelts to our organs that help keep our organs in place. For example, your liver is hanging out in your rib cage right now below the diaphragm, but above things like your small intestine and your colon. And Why is it not currently in your pelvis? Because of visceral ligaments and also because of fascia, because the two end up kind of intertwining and uh, merging into each other and then unmerging. So visceral ligaments are a form of fascia, at least in some some anatomists' minds. Uh, some people disagree with that, but I'd say I lean on the side of, of treating visceral ligaments as fascia. And then fascia can also just be more of a sheets of, of connective tissue that cover certain areas or connect certain areas. So when it comes to the body functioning and gut health functioning really well, if you have a restriction in fascia in a certain area, you can get very specific symptoms to that organ system. And so if you have visceral ligament or uh, fascial restrictions around um, somewhere in the pelvic region, you can get very bladder specific uh, symptoms like incontinence or uh, burning when you pee. You can 
get very, you know, uterine specific symptoms. You can get very colon specific symptoms like constipation. And so one of the things that isn't really being discussed very often when it comes to like, oh, I'm constipated or I have certain symptoms is, well, how is your fascia doing? So these episodes are dedicated to giving you some practical self-evaluation tips for each of your symptoms in your body. So if you're listening to this, you're either just curious or you actually have had problems with difficulty swallowing or painful swallowing, either food and or pills. And so you're like, what's up with this? Um, Before I ever started doing any work as a visceral manipulation therapist, before I started healing my own body of gut health problems, and I was kind of floating around in the world, hoping that there was a solution out there other than, you know, at least in terms of difficulty swallowing, it'd be like, well, you have to take your pills with yogurt every time or with juice or with a crap ton of water, which then like makes you overly full and uncomfortable anyways, Um, which just doesn't feel like a great solution. And you wonder, well, why me? Why not someone else? What's going on? This doesn't seem fair. Were human bodies just not designed to swallow pills? If so, who created the pill? Because what the heck? Um, And that's the train of thought my, my mind went down. But now I know after being in this world for six plus years, there's actual physical restrictions that go on in this. So all the time, I get clients who come to my office and work with me, and typically their main symptom that they're dealing with is not difficulty swallowing because we're not really taught like, oh, you can actually fix that. But it's a very common symptom, as I noted at the beginning in the intro of this podcast episode. One in 25 people are going to notice will report difficulty with food, but one in three will report difficulty with pills. And the adult throat is just plain old built to handle a lot of expansion and a lot of food and a lot of variety of shapes in it without having problems. And so let's just put that aside and assume that that a physical human body, an adult human body is going to be able to, should be able to swallow something. So why can't it? And what I found through all the body work that in, in particularly visceral manipulation which if you're new to the podcast, you might not have ever heard of visceral manipulation before, but it is a manual therapy technique that can be learned by any type of body worker. So that could be a chiropractor or a PT or a massage therapist, acupuncture, things like that. But it's an additional education that's not built into any single uh, training curriculum for, you know, you're not going to be like, if I go to any PT, they'll know what this is. That's not true. But it's additional education that someone can add on to if they're a body worker. It's something that I received myself and had a just huge change in my health, which you could listen to on episode one of the Better Belly podcast, which I'll put in the show notes. Um, or you, um, and then after I received it, I started pursuing learning it as a massage therapist because it was so impactful. As I was doing more and more visceral manipulation and focusing more and more on GI symptoms in particular, I started noticing that my clients who maybe came in with constipation or neck and shoulder pain or heart palpitations or whatever, they, that was their focus. But then they were also, I do an evaluation, find a restriction in the esophagus or at the top of the stomach or at the diaphragm. And then they'd also report, I also have difficulty swallowing in said area where I was evaluating. 
I thought, oh, that's interesting. Um, I'm consistently finding that this other symptom that people just don't think can get better, so they don't really mention it to me typically in their intake form, although now I do ask people specifically, do you have difficulty swallowing? Because I just want to screen for it. And a lot of people do. And consistently, my clients leave after working with me, uh, depending on the nature of all their other problems. But typically within a few sessions for difficulty swallowing, they will leave and be able to swallow, go from zero pills to one pill or one pill to two pill or two pill to four pill that, that they are exponentially able to swallow more pills, uh, which is really typically the biggest problem anyone's going to have is a pill. And then also certain types of foods will no longer cause them problems. So what I want to talk about right now is just jumping into a little bit less of the science, uh, because basically I want you to imagine um, your chest, it's, it has this rib cage around it, right? And then inside of the rib cage, you've got all these organs that are really, really important. That's why you have the rib cage. That's at least partly why the rib cage is there. You have a heart, you have lungs, you have your trachea and your bronchi, and you also have your esophagus, which uh, if you want to visually understand where it goes, it goes right behind the heart and the trachea. So, um, you know, if you were to put your hand at your throat, where your windpipe is or where you're speaking from, that's going to be in front of it is the windpipe. It's very tough, very hard. Behind that is your esophagus. And then it continues as you hit your clavicle or kind of the top of your sternum. That trachea continues, the esophagus continues, the esophagus then starts to deviate a little bit to the left, swings behind the heart and ends up connecting to the stomach. Uh, We ended up discussing and I'll kind of lead you guys through it again, off to the left side of the rib cage um, and actually behind the rib cage. So it's way higher than most people realize or think it is, but the esophagus and then the stomach starts actually very high up in the rib cage and the esophagus ends very high up in the rib cage and they join right at the junction um, between where the two, where the esophagus has to puncture the diaphragm. So three really like nice little sandwich, esophagus, diaphragm, stomach, and of course hearts really close by at the same time. So if if there's ligaments that hold all of these organs in place, visceral ligaments, that is, um, which are a little bit different than, than ligaments that hold bones together. They're more flexible. They have a little bit more water content. Um, so they, they respond differently. So when I am saying, talking about visceral ligaments, I'm not suggesting that we can in general manipulate ligaments with our hands, um, the same way that we do in visceral manipulation. Uh, we can manipulate visceral ligaments much easier, uh, or at least with more impact due to them being, having a different structure to them. They, they don't, they're not as, uh, avascular, which is like lacking blood. And then they're, they are, uh, have more water content content and a little bit different composition of collagen, elastin, things like that. So they can be mobilized. In fascia, in episode 90, our fascia 101 we t- uh, episode, we talked about different things that can actually cause a restriction in fascia and ligaments. And so uh, I'm not going to co- cover as that again in as much detail today, but I want to give you some self-evaluation of do you have restrictions around your esophagus or in the rib cage or possibly even around the stomach that are causing your difficulty swallowing. Because if you do, you can get visceral manipulation and that problem will go away. 
pretty much down pat unless there's some other nerve problem, which could benefit from chiropractic care or PT care um, or just kind of general opening up the chest. But pretty much what I've seen in my clinic over and over and over again, we find a restriction in the chest that's centered in one of the organs of lung, trachea, heart, esophagus, um, diaphragm, sometimes liver, stomach. And that will relieve the restrictions and the problems of difficulty swallowing. Pretty cool, right, guys? Okay, so here's what you can do to evaluate yourself, though, to say, you know, do I actually have restrictions in my body? Because you're going to get other symptoms or co-symptoms with that on top of difficulty swallowing. So if you have difficulty swallowing, one of the first things that you can do and that I would encourage you is put your hands on your rib cage, both the left and the right side. And bring your fingers together until they meet at the bottom of the rib cage where the two ribs come together. That's the bottom of your sternum. It's called the xiphoid process, if you want to know that. And then I want you to just slowly put your fingers, uh, kind of one finger width at a time, up your sternum. And just give yourself a little pressure on the sternum itself. And I want you to notice as you walk up the sternum with that finger pressure, do you find tenderness? Uh, maybe the whole thing is tender. That definitely happens. Uh, more often, there might be certain areas that are extra tender. And that's something to keep in mind. If you do find a spot on the sternum that feels extra tender, I want you to ask yourself, is that a spot that you tend to have, find that food or pills might get stuck? If you're, maybe not every time, but if, if you're like, oh, if something gets stuck, it always feels like it's right here in my chest. That's very common with my clients where I'll do an evaluation, visceral manipulation technique, and then say, find a spot on their chest, uh, ask them, is this where food tends to get stuck? And they'll be like, yes. <laughs> so it's kind of like a fun little magic trick. And it's something that even if you don't have as much training as I do in visceral manipulation, that tenderness can give it away. Because I will often also ask as follow-up, is this area also tender when I press it? And I'm not using tons of pressure. The goal is not to break the sternum. But definitely even a little bit of pressure um, in that area can egg that on. And part of that, which I discussed in episode 91, where we also did a similar evaluation technique for the stomach, um, is that there's going to be ischemia or what is decreased blood flow in that area due to the restriction behind the sternum. And so that area will be then tender. There's also likely a problem where the muscles of the rib cage are having to work extra hard in that location to lift the rib cage every time you breathe, which is about 20,000 times a day. And so that muscle muscular area can also get irritated or just be kind of tender because it's basically having to work too hard. So that's one thing you can do. A second thing though is also then, so you have your fingers on the sternum, drift to the left a little bit so that you have your fingers, you're feeling more of the ribs or the rib attachments to the sternum. And then you can also feel the spaces between your ribs, which is gonna be where the muscles of the ribs are. And I just want you to press, again, one finger width at a time, so onto the bone, onto the empty space with the muscle, bone, empty space, and just go up the sternum again, or excuse me, up the rib cage again, and notice do you have any sensitivity? Because that slightly left um, favoring side of the sternum 
is going to be, especially on the lower part of your body, is going to be closer to where the esophagus is. And then for women in particular, if you're if you are a woman, you can even use your breast tissue as guide. Um, you don't for men and women alike, we don't really go past the nipple as in terms of where the edge, where the esophagus is going to meet the stomach. It doesn't really go past that that border. But as long as you're kind of in the midline of that or midline of your breast tissue, you can even press around in there. And the esophagus um, typically is connecting at what we call the midclavicular line. So uh, that there might be more tenderness over there opposed to the sternum. But those are some different areas you could look for tenderness in the sternum, and that would definitely correlate with um, difficulty swallowing. It can also correlate with some other restrictions viscerally in the body. But staying on specifically just difficulty swallowing, number two, another thing you can do to assess is this possibly a visceral restriction problem or result of a visceral restriction that you have difficulty swallowing. I want you to put your hands on your rib cage and we're going to do a lifting and dropping of the diaphragm exercise. And the one trick to this exercise is to remember that we're not using our breath to lift and drop the diaphragm. Uh, the lung breath can, while it does lift and drop the diaphragm, it it can actually make it more difficult to isolate certain muscles. So the way this exercise works is put putting your hands on your rib cage gives you a little bit extra uh, receptivity, a little bit extra input in your body of your ribs, whether or not they're moving. And then first, I want you to lift the ribs and imagine actually pushing out the ribs. So what you would feel under your hands is your rib cage maybe uh, expanding, getting bigger, and then maybe slightly lifting. So it'll feel like your rib cage is getting wider. And as you do that, see if you can even suck in your belly a little bit. If you're pregnant like me, you can still do this. <laughs> it's actually a really great mobilization technique for all of your fascia, um, both when you're pregnant and when you're not pregnant. Um, but it also is a great test for can can you do this? And a lot of my clients who have restrictions in specific ligaments and organs cannot do this. So again, I'm just gonna I'm kind of doing it with you guys to see if there's any other guidance I can give you. But hands on rib cage. And just unrelated to your breath, because I'm actually doing it while I talk, so it's kind of separated from my breath. Uh, lift the rib cage, so you imagine widening it. Should feel your hands lift out, the rib cage widen, and then also suck in the belly. And that's you really lifting the diaphragm, unrelated to breath. Secondly, you can relax the rib cage and then push out the belly. Again, pretty much unrelated to breath. Push it out. See how far you can go. Can you go very far at all? And this is another direction that can show a visceral restriction or a fascial restriction in the area of the diaphragm. And it might not be the diaphragm specifically. It could be above the diaphragm and the lung pleura or the heart or the mediastinum. I'm using some fancy terminology just to show you guys um, that there is very specific regions of the body that can be restricted. Um, and it can also be below the diaphragm at the liver or at the transverse colon or at the stomach, at the spleen. These all have connections to the diaphragm or <laughs> are more or less in the way of the diaphragm. So if you have a restriction in your liver, it can sometimes make the diaphragm basically 
it would inhibit the diaphragm possibly from, from actually dropping and pushing out. So if you have problems in one direction or the other or both directions, which is another possibility, you want to get visceral manipulation because while you could do this exercise to try and stretch it out, a lot of my clients find that it's very impossible for them. It's it's nearly impossible for them to make progress on their own until they've had a session and then they kind of then they start to get more mobility and then they can actually use this technique to as as a stretching exercise in and of itself. Um, but if your diaphragm is restricted, as a reminder, that esophagus punctures the diaphragm and then attaches to the stomach, again, on the left side of the body, it with underneath and behind the, the rib cage, and that will often pinch the esophagus and not only create acid reflux, which I talk about in episode 91, another plug for that episode, um, on why it pinches the esophagus and how that all happens, but it also can tug on the esophagus and make it basically less flexible because you have this tube, which is your esophagus, and it needs to have a certain amount of sponginess, flexibility, so it can open and make space for food and air bubbles and burping and um, pills. And if it doesn't, then the esophagus can stay very restricted, very tight and narrow. And so the diaphragm can be one of those components. Uh, if you have acid reflux, that is another sign. It could be another sign that you, A, have a restriction uh, viscerally around the body. And then you're also going to get that correlating, could get that correlating symptom of having difficulty swallowing pills, which means that your acid reflux and your difficulty swallowing pills are likely have a connection in a visceral restriction. So you get the improvement in two GI symptoms for the price of one treatment of visceral manipulation. By the way, I do mention visceral manipulation a lot here. There's pretty much no other modality that I know of that that helps all this nearly as much um, other than potentially chiropractic care, but chiropractic care doesn't necessarily address visceral restrictions. It can complement visceral manipulation though. And then uh, acupuncture can help, uh, but mainly through helping nerve firing. And if there's kind of any nerve, nervous system conduction problems, that can also be complementary to visceral manipulation. But neither of them are visceral manipulation, which is why it was created by Jean-Pierre Barral, because <laughs> it just needed to exist. Um, if you have difficulty burping or you just don't burp at all, this might you might also experience this as buildup of gas in the stomach, or maybe you feel like you have to stop eating because there's like this gas bubble, it's really uncomfortable, you're pushing on your side. That can be a sign of stomach restriction, it can be a sign of esophageal restriction, and both of those are going to be um, visceral restrictions in nature. That's very common, literally just had a client um, who's doing functional work with me, but also doing some visceral manipulation uh, uh, sessions, and she came in mainly for constipation. <laughs> And we also found she had restrictions in her thorax and she was having, she had not, never burped. She was like said, I just don't burp with meals and I will feel like I need to, but I can't, I can't burp. And after one session, she was burping away, happy as a lark. Um, another thing that I've seen correlating with uh, difficulty swallowing is heart palpitations, sometimes even just straight up the diagnosis of POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And then sometimes I'll get clients who are 
uh, talking about like their heart starts to beat overly fast when they work out, or maybe it'll start beating overly fast for no reason at all. Sometimes these clients have gone to the ER even just to get it checked out because it's kind of freaky when it happens. Some clients have noticed that it happens and they'll just say, well, I sit down, I just try to wait it out. I don't know why it happens. It seems kind of random, yada, yada. But the heart is really, of course, as we just said, it's in front of the esophagus. And while the esophagus could be the the visceral ligaments of the esophagus could be antagonizing the heart, the, the heart also has a lot of its own pericardial ligaments. And those could be if they get tight, which they frequently do with things like car accidents or falling down or head trauma, whiplash, um, impact into the side, falling off a bike, being, you know, someone tackling you and not intentionally in soccer, but essentially running into you in soccer, pushing you over, tackling you in football, um, falling on your side in volleyball, things like that, those are all going to cause restrictions, or at least they they have the potential very much so to cause restrictions in the thorax and the heart. Uh, Pericardial ligaments are just huge absorbers of shock. So that's going to be a correlating symptom that says, Yep, you want visceral manipulation. Visceral restrictions are definitely kind of at the heart or likely at the heart um, of this difficulty swallowing, and it's going to be a great thing to get for you. Another interesting symptom or correlating thing that I see is if you are very picky about your bras, that is a huge correlation with visceral restrictions inside of the rib cage. So I get women all the time uh, who've come in and they come to me again for something else because no one's like, hey, fix my problem with my, you know, fussiness about bras. They just figure, oh, I've, you know, everyone has their reason for why they need a bra that's wireless or has extra support or has like a very specific type of frame or doesn't have this or does have that. Right. But if you're very picky about your bras, I consistently get women who come in, we do an evaluation, find out there's restrictions in the thorax. They may or may not have problems swallowing, but I'll find those restrictions, look at them and say, are you really picky about your bras? Like, do you really have to like find the right one? It's not too tight, not too weak, things like that. And they're like, yes. And then we do some, have a couple sessions where we're releasing restrictions in the thorax, that's the rib cage. And suddenly their sensitivity to their bras goes way down. They're able to wear different types. Um, maybe they're able to wear no bra at all, which maybe was a problem for them in the past. And a lot of times it's because um, of how, if you have a, have a, piece of fabric that's kind of tight around you and then it's tight in the exact wrong spot where you already have a restriction, it basically doubles up the compression that that restriction is causing internally. So you have something internal that's pulling inwards and you have something external that's pushing inwards. And now that area of your body is extra compressed and has to work extra hard to breathe. You can cause a lot of shoulder pain because of how the lungs have an attachment to the cervical spine via the pleural ligaments. Um, It can cause a lot of irritation and swallowing or like just like stomach, GI, bloating even, um, breathing difficulties with bras, you name it, kind of can can be massively exacerbated by uh, fascial restrictions inside of the chest or inside of the rib cage. 
So sensitivity to bra style is a major sign of restrictions in the rib cage. Um, and then the best solution is just to fix the base of the problem, not to be so picky about bras, because you'll probably also improve your achiness of your shoulders. You're not going to battle pills to swallow if that's also correlating. Often see a correlation and acid reflux being a problem, and that can go away. So I just encourage you, fix the base problem, and, and then, you know, you can still have your favorite bra, but at least it's not like a do or die thing. And and you can honestly be even more comfortable in even your favorite style of bra that you have. Uh, If you have number seven, a seventh thing that that I see correlating with this visceral restrictions in the chest or in the rib cage that will cause this difficulty swallowing is neck and shoulder pain that persists even when you've gone to the chiropractor and PT. So maybe it's improved a little bit, but it's still there or it like didn't really improve at all. Um, And then it's neck and shoulder pain that's worse when you work out or worse in the morning when you wake up. And that has to do with the restrictions that are likely involved, which is pleural ligament, which we covered in last last week's episode, episode 91. Uh, pleural ligaments attaching from kind of coming up, sneaking up through your first rib and attaching into the cervical spine, pulling on the neck. So when you work out and you're breathing more and those lungs are pumping more, or you're doing core exercises and you're kind of crunching, or your head's elevated by a pillow and those pleural ligaments are shortened at night um, by that pillow, then you're going to get extra neck pain that persists, again, even after seeing a chiropractor or PT. TMJ is another big one. Um, I've seen this on several clients, really bad TMJ. Um, And my ninth one is chronic headache and migraine. Just to let you guys know, (laughs) those two are technically separate. They might not come together, but they're in the same problem area that that esophagus, if it's, say it's like kind of anchored and weighed down by a restriction at the stomach or in the middle of the chest or in the upper chest, even kind of close to the top of the sternum. This again would be the tissues behind the rib cage. But if it ha- if the, that esophagus has a restriction, it's going to pull on the mouth. It's going to pull on the jaw because that esophagus goes all the way up to, ba- to the back of your throat and to right where you swallow. Um, so that is going to be something else that you'll see that pulling and then there'll just be this huge fascial tension in the jaw and in the mouth and in the cheeks and sometimes in the ears and you'll get this wrapping around the head and so headaches get involved. So that's going to be another thing there. So those are a bunch of things you can use to self-evaluate if you're just like, do I need visceral manipulation? Do I have fascial restrictions? What's going on? I have difficulty swallowing. Am I stuck with this forever? You are totally not stuck. Um, if those, you do, definitely don't need to have all of those. If you literally have even one of those, like that tenderness in the rib cage, be checked out by someone who does visceral manipulation. You know, if you can't drop or lift your diaphragm, that's going to massively impact impact your vagus nerve and possibly impact things like your anxiety levels or bloating or GI, you know, peristalsis, that natural movement of the gut. So you're going to want to, I would encourage you and say, you're going to feel a lot better if you get checked out by someone who does high quality visceral manipulation. And so uh, if you live local to our office, we are in the Detroit area serving Detroit clients um, or everything in between. Our office is actually moving from Ann Arbor to Detroit. So we still don't have an official office yet, but you can 
Book a new client appointment at betterbellytherapies.com slash book now. If you are in the future and we already have our office, you will see our office location when you go to that um, page and click new client appointment or new client evaluation. Or you can join the wait list. If you're like, I live in the area, I want to know as soon as you are seeing clients again after your maternity leave, Allison, then you can join our wait list for appointments in our office at betterbellytherapies.com slash appointment. And both of those links will be in the show notes, but those are what they are. And then if you don't live near us in the Detroit area, Southeast Michigan, you can find a practitioner near you using our easy to use guide, betterbellytherapies.com slash find, and you will have a guide on um, another link where you can go where there's a huge registry of people who actually do visceral manipulation and then how to use that registry to its fullest to find the best person, as well as somebody who is closest to you, works out with, you know, maybe they take your insurance, all those beautiful, wonderful things. We just, I tell you and have written out a super easy to use guide on how to evaluate all those things so you can find the best person for you. All right, guys. Well, I hope you found that episode super interesting. And I hope you are inspired and excited to not be stuck with difficult or painful swallowing anymore. It does not have to be this way. So if you loved this episode and feel like you had a question pop up, you had another follow up like deeper level thing going on if you had a symptom that you wanted to correlate or asking about or if you had a question for me completely unrelated to today's topic I want to let you know that there's a special way that you could be on the Better Belly podcast just go to the link betterbellytherapies.com slash ask Allison and we have a special way for you to record a voice message and ask me a question if you've ever wanted to pick my brain DM me get a question a burning question answered you can now do so and I'm hoping to be posting one of these ask Allison episodes once a month or once every other month so just go to betterbellytherapies.com slash ask Allison click record ask your question you can ask it anonymously you can leave your name whatever you prefer and you may be featured on the better belly podcast also if you love this episode we have so much more coming down the line if you are new to the podcast i just want to welcome you hey I'm so glad you're here. I am so ready for you to be relieved of your gut health problems and find freedom in your life. We have so many wonderful episodes that you can check out in our previous catalog, and we have even more coming down the line. So subscribe so you never miss a beat. And if you have a friend you thought of when you were listening to this episode, that girlfriend's got swallowing problems, I'd encourage you to take a screenshot and send this episode to a friend. She may be encouraged as well. So send that friend a love note to their gut and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to them. Other ways that you can support us is by leaving a rating and review on our Apple iTunes podcast. We have a link in the show notes. Just click that and go straight to our Apple iTunes area and just leave a rating and review. It helps other people just like you to find this podcast and find hope and interest in information. Other ways that you can stay in the conversation is by following us on Instagram at Better Belly Therapies. I love connecting with our listeners there, and it means so much if you drop by and said hi. And to finish us off today, remember our motto, miracles are immediate, but healing takes time. Catch you guys next week.